Sherlock Holmes and the Important Exam Paper Sherlock Holmes and I went on a visit to one of our great university cities. Perhaps somebody here will have a problem, Holmes, I said, and come to you for help. I'm going to be busy with other work, Watson, Holmes said. I want to look at some books at the university. I don't want other people's problems. But somebody did want help. Hilton Soames, a teacher at the university, came to see us. He was a tall, thin man and was very excited about something. "'Can you give me an hour or two of your time, Mr. Holmes?' he asked. "'Something happened this afternoon.' "'I'm very busy,' Holmes said. "'Perhaps the police can help you. Why don't you ask them?' "'No, no, no, not the police,' Mr. Soames said. "'We don't want strangers to know about this problem. "'You're the right person, Mr. Holmes. Only you can help.' "'All right,' Holmes said. "'Tell me, what happened?' "'Tomorrow is the first day of some important exams,' Mr. Soames said. "'The exam papers are, of course, secret. "'Every student would like to see them before the exam, "'so we are very careful with them. "'I teach Greek, and at three o'clock today "'the Greek exam paper arrived in my office. "'I had to read it carefully for the last time "'because there can be no mistakes. "'But at four-thirty I went out to a friend's house for tea.' I left the exam paper, three pages, on my desk, but I locked my door. How long were you out? Holmes asked. For about an hour, Mr. Soames answered. When I came back there was a key in my door. It wasn't my key. I had my key in my coat. Does your servant have a key? Yes, Mr. Soames said. Bannister is a good man, Mr. Holmes, but it was his key. He visited my room five or ten minutes after I left it. Why? Holmes asked. He brings me tea every afternoon. Today he forgot about the visit to my friend. And he left his key in your door when he went out, Holmes said. Yes, he's usually very careful, but... But not today, Holmes said. No, not today, Mr. Soames said. So you went into your room? Yes, and the exam paper was there, but only one page was on the desk. Where were the other two pages? One was on the table near the window, the other page was on the floor. Holmes was suddenly interested. The first page was on the floor, he said slowly. The second page was on a table near the window, and the third page was on your desk. Am I right? Yes, that's right, Mr. Soames said. How did you know that? Finish your very interesting story, Holmes told him. I called Bannister, Mr. Soames said. He felt ill when I told him about the exam paper. I asked him, "'Did you look at my papers?' He said, "'No, and he is a good man, Mr. Holmes.' I gave him a glass of wine, and he sat down. Next I looked carefully round the room. "'Did you find anything?' Holmes asked. "'Yes,' Mr. Soames said. "'Somebody broke a pencil near the table by the window. "'How do you know?' "'There were small pieces of wood from a pencil on the table,' Mr. Soames said. "'And that's not all. "'There was a very small piece of black clay on the table, too. "'That's interesting,' Holmes said. "'One more thing,' Mr. Soames said. "'I have a new desk, but now there's a cut on it.' Holmes thought for a minute or two. Then he said, "'I'll help you, Mr. Soames. "'Now tell me something. "'Did anybody visit you in your room after the exam paper came to you?' Yes, young Dowlett Rass, an Indian student, Mr. Soames said. He wanted to ask me about the exam, but he couldn't read the paper. I put a book on top of it. But he saw it, Holmes said. He saw the exam paper on your desk before you hid it. Perhaps. 
Did any other people know about the exam paper? Did Bannister? No, Mr. Soames said. Nobody. Where is Bannister now? I left him in my room. Did you leave your door open? Holmes asked. Yes, but I locked the paper in my desk first, Mr. Soames said. Let's go to your office, Holmes said. Mr. Soames's office was on the ground floor of an old building. Above it were three students' rooms. From outside, Holmes looked through a window into Mr. Soames's office. The window doesn't open, Mr. Soames said. Nobody can get in here. I can see that, Holmes said. After a minute, we went inside. Mr. Soames unlocked his door, and we went into his room. Holmes stood by the door and looked carefully at the floor. Then he said, "'Your servant isn't here now. Perhaps he's feeling better. Which chair did he sit on?' "'The chair by the window.' "'Near that little table?' Holmes went across the room and looked at it. "'So the man came in and took the paper from your desk. He carried it to the table by the window. Why? He wanted to see you when you came from your friend's room.' "'But he couldn't see me,' Mr. Soames said. "'I came in through the back door.' "'Ah, that's good,' Holmes said. "'But that was his plan. "'Now let's look at the three pages.' "'Mr. Soames took them out of his desk and gave them to Holmes. "'The detective looked at them carefully. "'He carried this page across the room first and looked at it,' Holmes said. "'Then he wrote down the exam question. Fifteen minutes, perhaps.' Then he threw the first page on the floor and took the second page. He started to write down those questions, but then he heard you at the back door. He couldn't put the papers back on your desk. There was no time. So he ran out of the room. Did you hear him on the stairs? No, Mr. Soames said. He wrote quickly, and he broke his pencil, Holmes said. Look at these pieces, Watson. It was a dark blue pencil. This piece has the letters NN on it. What does that mean? Is it the end of a word? Johann, perhaps? There are Johann Faber pencils? Yes, that's right, I said. Holmes went to the desk. Is this the piece of black clay? He took it in his fingers. It was small and round. Yes, Mr. Soames said. Holmes looked carefully at the small cut on the top of the desk. This is very interesting, he said. A line and then a cut. He looked at a door across the room. Where does that go? To my bedroom. Mr. Soames answered. Did you go in there before you came to me? No, I didn't. Holmes walked across the room to the door and looked into the bedroom. A nice room, he said. Please wait outside. I'm going to look at the floor. He did this carefully, then said, No, I can't see anything. What's this cupboard? Oh, for your clothes. But wait, what's this on the cupboard floor? It's more black clay. So your visitor came into your bedroom, Mr. Soames. But why? Mr. Soames asked. Why did he come in here? He hid here, Holmes said. You heard him at the back door, then he ran in here and hid in this cupboard. So he was in the cupboard when Bannister and I were in the next room? Yes, he was. How many students live upstairs? Three, did you say? And they all go past your door? Yes, Mr. Soames said. Who are they? There's Gilchrist, Mr. Soames told him. He's a nice, strong young man. He's very good at games, and he likes running. His father was Sir Jabez Gilchrist. Sir Jabez Gilchrist, Holmes said. What do I know about him? Oh, yes. He was a very rich man, but not very clever. He lost his money. Every penny. That's right. Young Gilchrist has little money, but he works hard. Dalat Russ lives above Gilchrist. He's a quiet young man, but he's a good student. 
Miles McLaren lives above him. He's very clever, but he doesn't like working. The exam won't be easy for him. That's interesting, Holmes said. Now let's talk to your servant Bannister. Mr Soames called Bannister into the office. He was a small man, about fifty years old. His face was grey. He didn't look well. He played with his fingers unhappily while he answered Holmes's questions. "'You left your key in the door, Bannister?' Holmes asked. "'Yes, sir,' the servant told him. "'I don't usually leave it. "'When did you come into this room?' "'At about half-past four. "'It's Mr. Soames's tea-time, but he wasn't here, so I went away.' "'Did you look at the papers on his desk?' Holmes asked. "'No, sir, I did not,' Bannister answered quickly. "'But you left your key in the door.' "'I had the tea in my hands,' Bannister said. "'I forgot about the key. "'I felt very bad about it later, sir. "'It made me ill. "'Where were you when you began to feel ill?' "'Here, near the door. "'But you sat down in that chair there,' Holmes said. "'Why did you walk past the other chairs?' "'I don't know, sir,' Bannister said. "'Of course, he doesn't remember, Mr. Holmes,' Mr. Soames said. "'He was quite ill at that time.' "'Mr. Soames left you here because he wanted to find me,' Holmes said to Bannister. "'How long did you stay after Mr. Soames went out?' Two or three minutes,' Bannister answered. "'Then I locked the door and went to my room.' "'That's all, Bannister, thank you,' Holmes said. "'Mr. Soames, can we go for a walk outside?' "'We went out into the garden.' It was nearly dark now. We looked up at the outside of the house. There were lights on in three rooms above Mr. Soames's office. "'Your three students are all in their rooms,' Holmes said to Mr. Soames. "'One of them isn't a happy man.' We could see the Indian student, Dalat Russ. He walked up and down his room. "'I'd like to visit each of them,' Holmes said. "'Is that possible?' "'Yes, of course,' Mr. Soames said. "'People often visit these rooms. The building is old and very interesting.' We went first to Gilchrist's door. "'No names, please,' Holmes told Mr. Soames. After a minute, a tall young man opened the door. "'These visitors would like to see your room, Gilchrist,' Mr. Soames said. "'They're interested in old buildings.' "'Please, come in,' Gilchrist said. He showed us round the room. Holmes was very interested. "'A beautiful room,' he said. He started to write notes about it in his notebook, but his pencil broke. "'Oh, dear!' Holmes said. "'Use my pencil,' Gilchrist said. "'Thank you.' Holmes looked carefully at Gilchrist's pencil. Strangely, the same accident happened in Dalat Rass's room. "'Very interesting room,' Holmes said, and started writing in his notebook. Then he broke his pencil. "'Oh, dear,' he said. "'Use one of my pencils,' Rass said. "'Thank you.' Holmes looked carefully at Dalat Rass's pencil. Miles McLaren didn't open his door. "'Can we come in, McLaren?' Mr. Soames shouted. "'These visitors would like to see your room.' "'Go away!' McLaren shouted from behind the door. "'I've got an exam tomorrow, and I'm busy. I, I can't see anybody.' "'I'm sorry,' Mr. Soames said to us. "'He's not an easy student.' "'How tall is he?' Holmes asked. "'How tall? He's taller than Dalat Rass, but not as tall as Gilchrist. That's quite important. And now, Mr. Soames, thank you, and good night.' "'Oh!' "'Are you going, Mr. Holmes?' Mr. Soames cried. "'But tomorrow is the exam. What am I going to do about it? I can't—' "'I'll come here early tomorrow morning,' Holmes told him. "'I'll have answers for you then.' "'But,' Mr. Soames began, "'everything will be all right,' Holmes said. "'I'll take the black clay and the pieces of pencil with me. Goodbye.' When we were outside, Holmes looked at me. "'It's an interesting little problem,' he said. Three young men—' 
but which young man went into Mr. Soames's room and began to write down the questions from the exam paper. Which student was it, Watson? McLaren, the student in the top room, I said. Why? He does no work and the exam will be difficult for him. Or perhaps it's the Indian student. Why did he walk up and down in his room? Is he afraid of something? A lot of people walk up and down when they're learning something, Holmes said. And the pencils don't help us, but one man is interesting. Who? Bannister, the servant. But Mr. Soames says that he's a good man. Yes, Holmes said. So why did... Ah, here's the first shop, Watson. Shop? I looked round. We were outside a small shop. It sold pens, pencils, paper and envelopes. We'll begin asking questions here, Holmes said. There were four of these shops in the town, and we went to all of them. On each visit, Holmes showed the man in the shop the pieces of pencil. Do you know this pencil? he asked them. Each man told him, We haven't got any, but we can get them for you. Holmes was not unhappy about this. It's getting late, Watson, he said. Let's have dinner. We didn't talk about the three students again that night, and Holmes was very quiet. After dinner, I watched him for a time. Then I went to bed. Holmes came to my room at eight o'clock the next morning. "'Do you have any answers?' I asked him. "'Yes, Watson, I have,' he said. "'I got up very early this morning. I found this five kilometres away.' He showed me his hand. In it were three little pieces of black clay. "'Holmes, you only had two yesterday,' I said. "'And where did all three come from?' he said. "'The same place. Now let's go and see Mr. Soames.' Mr. Soames was in his room. He looked very unhappy. "'What can I do, Mr. Holmes? Will there be an exam?' "'Yes, Mr. Soames,' Holmes said. "'There will be an exam today. "'But the young man, he won't take it.' "'You know him?' Mr. Soames said. "'Yes. Call Bannister.' "'Bannister?' Mr. Soames said. "'Oh, all right.' Bannister came into the room a minute or two later. "'Please close the door,' Holmes said. "'Now tell me, what really happened yesterday?' Bannister's face went white. "'I... "'I told you everything, sir,' he said. "'Did you? There's nothing more?' "'No, sir.' "'Then I'll tell you,' Holmes said. "'When you sat down on that chair yesterday, you hid something.' "'No, sir,' Bannister said. "'Yes. There was a young man in Mr. Soames's bedroom covered. You knew that then. When Mr. Soames left the room, you called him. The young man came out.' Bannister suddenly looked afraid. "'There was no young man, sir,' he said. "'All right,' Holmes said. "'Go and stand near the bedroom door.' He turned to Mr. Soames. "'Mr. Soames, please go and find young Gilchrist.' Holmes, Bannister and I waited. Minutes later, Mr. Soames came back with the student. Gilchrist was a tall, strong young man with blue eyes. "'Mr. Gilchrist,' Holmes said, "'why did you come into Mr. Soames's room yesterday?' Gilchrist looked at us, then at Bannister. "'No, Mr. Gilchrist,' Bannister said quickly. "'I said nothing, not one word.' "'No, but you're talking now,' Holmes said. "'Gilchrist, tell us. It's not a secret now.' Gilchrist put his head in his hands and began to cry. Holmes went across the room and put an arm round him. "'It's all right,' he said kindly. "'You made a mistake, but you're sorry now. I know that. I'll tell Mr. Soames the story. You can tell me when I'm wrong.' He turned to Mr. Soames. "'My first question was, how did the student know about the exam paper? It was here on your desk, but how did he know that?' I looked at your window from the outside, Mr. Soames. Do you remember? I remember, Mr. Soames said. But nobody can get in through that window. 
When I looked through the window, I could see the papers on your desk, Holmes said. I'm a tall man. A shorter man couldn't see them. So I looked for a tall man. And the black clay and the cut on your desk? I didn't understand them. Then I remembered something. Gilchrist likes running. There's clay out on the running ground. I know that because I found some there this morning, and running shoes have spikes on the bottom of them. Yes, I said. Gilchrist went past your window, Mr. Soames, Holmes told him. He looked inside. Because he's tall, he could see the papers. Were they exam papers? He didn't know. Then he went past your door and saw the key, Bannister's key. Suddenly, he had to see those papers. He had to know. He came into the room and, yes, there was the Greek exam paper. Gilchrist put his running shoes on the desk. And cut the desk with the spikes, I cried. Yes, Watson, Holmes said. He turned to Gilchrist again. What did you put on the chair near the window? My notebook, Gilchrist said. You put your notebook on the chair, Holmes said. Then you began to look at the first two pages of the exam paper. You watched for Mr. Soames, but he came through the back door. What did you do? You took your running shoes from the desk, then you ran into the bedroom and hid in the cupboard. But you forgot your notebook. Also, a piece of the clay from your shoes fell onto the desk. More fell in the cupboard. Holmes looked hard at the student. Am I right, Mr. Gilchrist? Yes, Gilchrist said. He looked at the floor. Yes, you're right. I'm very sorry. I made a mistake. Is that all? Mr. Soames asked angrily. No, sir, Gilchrist said. I have a letter here, Mr. Soames. I wrote it to you early this morning. It says I'm not going to take the exam. I'm going to work for the South African police. They want me to work for them, and I'm leaving today. Good, Mr. Soames said. You can't take the exam now. Mr. Bannister told me that too, Gilchrist said. Holmes turned and looked at the servant. Bannister, why did you help Gilchrist, he asked. You hid his notebook. You called to him after Mr. Soames left his room. Why? I worked for Mr. Gilchrist's father, Bannister answered, before he lost all his money. Sir Jabez Gilchrist, Holmes said. Yes, Bannister said. Sir Jabez was always good to me. When he lost his money, I found work here at the university. And you watched his son. You helped him when you could, Holmes said. Yes, Mr. Holmes. Yesterday I saw the notebook on the chair and I thought, that's Mr. Gilchrist's notebook. I quickly understood about the exam paper. Yes, I sat on the notebook and hid it. Yes, I called Mr. Gilchrist after Mr. Soames left the room. Mr. Gilchrist told me everything. I listened, then I said to him, You're a fine young man, Mr. Gilchrist. You know that you can't take the exam now. He understood that. I had to help him, Mr. Holmes. Was I wrong? No. He listened to you, and everybody makes mistakes. Holmes turned to Mr. Soames. Mr. Soames, you have the answer to your little problem. He looked at the student. And I hope you do well in South Africa, Gilchrist. Come, Watson, it's time for breakfast.'